Beyond Hood and Evil folks. We're your hosts. I'm Mike. That's Chris. What's up? Chris. Hey, man. What are we getting into today? Man, today, is, you know, or you know what it is, it's Beyond Hood and Evil, and we got our guy, Big F, you know what I'm saying? It's not many big people F. I put the big in front of, bro. Pause, you know what I'm saying? But your man is like, he like a little bit taller than me, you know what I'm saying? And he just, he, you know, we went, all of us went to school together and it's not many people I can look at in the eyes or I got to look a little bit. I got to tilt my head up a little bit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I'm talking to him, that's it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to put my head up a little bit just when I'm talking to him. So we got our guy Big Ev coming on the show, man. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a man about town. Your man has many, many endeavors that he's just got his fingertips and a bunch of stuff, you know. So uh, we're going to let him introduce himself, though, because he, he he said it so smooth before we started. I don't even want to mess it up. So go ahead. Introduce yourself. Ed. Go ahead, man. What's good? What's up to the people? Appreciate y'all both for having me on here. We obviously go way back to the AU days and, you know, I've just been rocking with you guys for a long time. So I'm just glad we got a chance to kind of reconnect, see what's up. Hopefully you can get some knowledge out to the people, help some people out. Maybe you get some mm-hmm. inspirational, you know, to do whatever you got to do. Yeah, so you guys, y'all had asked me for like, you know, my official title per se, or like, you know, what I kind of go by. Um, and like I explained, man, it's kind of like a lot of different things, but one that kind of captures everything in that I've been going with is just portfolio manager. I look at it as if, you know, I have investors, which I do have people that will send me bread. I get items. I A lot of the items will, you know, resell for more than what I pay for them. So I make a profit on it. And then I hit my investors back with a return at the end of the term. And I got an E2, obviously. So, like, you know, that part stays with me. So it's like portfolio management. I look at it just like a VC fund or like, you know, any stock options or, you know, something in the finance where I was in finance. So that's kind of comfortable for me. But, you know, same kind of thing. Instead of stocks and stuff, we're flipping random items, collectibles, pools, <laughs> whatever's hot at the time that people can't get. Listen to that, man. Listen to that. All he just said was, man, my name is Ev. You know what I'm saying? I'm about the money. If it ain't about the money, don't talk to me, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. He said, AKA, he, I'm just going to translate that for y'all day. He said, my name's Ed, I don't speak broke. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I can't hear y'all from down there up on top of this mountain that I'm living on. Um, so, yeah, man, we about to, this is about to be a good show, man. We we asked Ed to try to give us a little bit of, um, you know, give us a rundown on how he's able to campaign and maintain his lifestyle in this pandemic. You know what I'm saying? He's been able to, like I said earlier, he has his fingers in a lot of things. He's going to give us a little bit about that cryptocurrency mining part because people are always mm-hmm. hearing about, you know, oh man, I just put some money in the, in the Bitcoin. I put money into Ethereum. Oh man, I got 100,000 Satoshi. That's equal to 100 millionths, 100 millionths of a Bitcoin. Like it don't make no sense, bro. Like, won't you just go cut the real thing? And he's like, yo, that's cool. But you know what? Really, you need to think about these gas fees. So I'm about to be mining and I'm going to get my bread right. the real way. So, you know what I'm saying? He's going to give us the real game of how you make some bread on that. And he also going to give us a little breakdown of like, you know, things that's going on with him. And we just going to try and keep it real, you know, loose and see where we're going to end up, man. Beyond hood and evil. So let's go ahead, man. So, you know, just to get a little bit about who you are, your backstory, you say he's in finance. How does that how does that work? How did you end up there, man? Semi random. Um, I did want to get into finance when I was in school. That was the thing that I did want to pursue and get into before I even got into banking, to be honest. Like I took a job back in Connecticut at ESPN as a temp for a little while, um, transitioned to MetLife, did life insurance for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, was blessed and able to get into investment banking in Chicago. So I started in public finance. Uh, for those that don't know, public finance is like working with municipalities towns, states, local governments, um, to build things like infrastructure. So roads, bridges, schools, anything that public tax dollars get used for. Obviously, everyone kind of thinks finance is like, you know, the devil almost. Or like, you know, it's not a, a good thing to do and it's kind of like a bad way to get into it. But 
I looked at it as public finance is at least a way to kind of get in finance and also help out municipalities and towns that need funding, you know, need mm -hmm. bread. And this was kind of the way to do it. And I was kind of into it because it was supposed to be for Connecticut based municipalities, you know, so my area that I grew up in, in different places. So I was able to kind of like, you know, look at it like, all right, this is something I'm into that I like finance, but also it ties into like not being the evil super capitalist, but, you know, also getting some bread. So. But how did you get into finance? Like most of the time, you know, people, you know, statues like yourself, you know, man, basketball, football, mm -hmm. you know, saying like things of that nature. I like racing cars, you know, things like that. Is this like more of a family thing, something like that? Like, how do you how do you get into that thing? How do you get into finance as you're calling? Yeah, no, I mean, it's super tough. It's still 100 percent tough to get into just across the board for everybody. But to be black and to get in a position like that, obviously, is even mm -hmm. tougher. And, you know, I would be lying if I said that, you know, you can you have to get in just on straight merit and like just on credentials and like, you know, paperwork like that shit is out the door for like, mm -hmm. you know, almost every industry right now. But especially for finance. <laughs> and like that's, I mean, you know, that means I had kids I was working with the finance that told me straight up I never took a test ever. And I was like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? Like, what's that? What's that even? What are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, I went to this prep school and like I always had a tutor that came in and took my test for me and did this, this, and that. And like Lit. now I'm here working with you. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, like word. So like fuck me, right? Cheat codes, like, cheat codes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, cheat, literally like cheat codes. Like, yeah. And like, and this is a super random tangent, but like, you know, in finance, you gotta take these tests, you gotta get these licenses, like series six, seven, fifty, fifty two, yeah, like yeah. All this stuff, financial advisor, like all. So I had to go through all that. And like the only reason it came up is because this dude was failing all the tests. And he was like, yeah, bro. Like, I don't know. I just never took tests. Like, you know, SAT, all that shit. Like, nah, not for SAT, me. SAT, he Derek Rose did. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Rose did. Kyle scandaled it. Like, all that, bro. Like, all of that. So, I mean, you know, I say that just to say like, yeah, obviously you need to have some connections to get in. Um, my family was never into banking or finance or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but there was somebody that we didn't know that was working in a municipality and had a relationship with the bank. Um, and so he was like, you know, I want to be your mentor and help you out. That's fine. I was like, All right, cool. Like, please, you know, put me on if you can and like, let me know how I should do this. And he helped kind of guide me and mentor me and get me ready. And then once the opportunity struck, I was like, All right, bet I'm in there. Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So it was a very blessed situation, but it's definitely not like you'll hear all this, like, you know, go to school, do this, do that. And like, to be honest, that shit never works out. Like it's it's never just that cut and dry. <laughs> or at least from what I've seen in my experience. You hear that people pursuit of happiness. It was a movie. It's not realistic. You know what I'm saying? What's his name? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't you can't just have your kid, you know what I'm saying, your light skinned curly haired kid coming in off the street with y'all with a shirt making jokes about how you got a fire pair of pants like Will Smith did in the movie with Chris Gardner. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna work. You know what I'm saying? It ain't gonna work. You gotta know somebody that knows somebody that's gonna give you an opportunity and hopefully mm -hmm. you can manifest and be prepared. You know what's what they say luck is. Um, 90% preparation and then 10% timing. You better be, when that yeah. time come, you better be 90% prepared, bro, so you can go ahead and manifest that blessing. 100%. And so, and, you know, we go way back and me and you were real close, especially in our college days, right? And so mm -hmm. when you talk about getting into finance, you definitely studied it, right? And it was intentional, but like finance mm -hmm. didn't give you all the game that you know. Like you, you, you were starting things before you even jumped into a finance class. So like, Growing up, you've you you're an entrepreneur now, but that's been a title you've had your whole life. So, what were some of the things you were doing before you even actually studied finance in college and went on to practice? Yeah, bro, no, that's a great, excellent point. Like, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you like why it sparked me or like what about it kind of like pulled me in. But I don't know. I guess maybe like I grew up and you know my dad was in Paris, New Jersey, so I'd go up there for the summer and like you know being in that area, kind of like going to the city, New York, seeing what was around. 
it's honestly like, you know, there's a lot of people hustling and just like getting the money, you know, however, which way they could. And I always respected the ability to be able to do that and wasn't really sure what it was about. I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I'm like in middle school and shit. So like, I don't really know too much, but I did see that. And that was inspirational to me. And like, um, you know, my family in Connecticut um, was a little bit in the restaurant industry. And so that was like not your typical nine to five kind of thing. So I'm sure that had an effect on me. My grandfather, who I actually never met, was honestly like just the shit, really. Um, and like, like just in a bunch of different ways, like first black uh, state representative in Connecticut. Uh, he had a business, a haberdashery, they used to call it, like a clothing store selling suits. Uh, he was like the first black bank teller. So like, I mean, just that entrepreneurship kind of thing is probably in my blood. And I just kind of sparked up with him at like middle school. I was selling candy, random stuff. Like, like some of my parents were in, like, you know, my family was in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. relatively. So like we go to these big ass grocery stores and like bulk buy stuff like your Costco and mm-hmm. I'm with the candy. So I'm going to school and I'm selling now laters. Like, you know, just like, I don't know. And then like, I went, to, ended up going to private school and like a lot of these kids are like, you know, it's their first entrance. They want to be in like the culture or whatever. I'm like the odd man out. No, you know, there's not a lot of black people there. Mm-hmm. They want to tap in with the culture. They're like, oh, you know, CDs, music. And so I started like bootlegging CDs, burning CDs and selling it to kids there, dip like set. in school. Like, dip set. <laughs> dip set. Dip set. My mom won't let me listen to Eminem. Can you put me on? Oh, bet. Yeah, let me just do this. You got, you got some money for me? Like, I mean, you know, and just, and it evolved from there. Like in high school, me and my boy Byron, um, we were selling snapback hats. That was a huge thing for me. Like, again, I, I honestly cannot really say how exactly it happened or what it was in me, but like reached out to a few people, found the store in LA that was selling snapback hats, the all vintage. And like there's a connection there. And somehow like he trusted me enough to give me some hats. So like I had wholesale hats coming in and was selling them in bulk in high school. And then went on to AU was still selling snapback hats there. So like, and then I've always been into sneakers and like, you know, that kind of stuff. So that, that has been consistent throughout my whole life. So that also, you know, kind of made a way to get into this entrepreneurship thing and just start flipping items. Because your sneaker game is crazy. Yeah. The the sneaker and the resale game is crazy, right? And so you done had plugs for a long time and you became the plug for a lot of people. So I ain't saying you got to give up your resources, but what is like, like, how do you even get into that space? Was it something that just happened organically? Was it just an opportunity that came your way or was it something that was real intentional? I think honestly, it's a mix of all that, bro. Like it's gotta be a little bit of all those parts that ties into it and it makes it happen. Like I'm in high, I'm in high school, I'm in college. Like I'm in DC. It's a new place for me. Like I don't really know too many people there. I got no family there really. Um, and I definitely didn't have any sneaker people there that I knew. Mm. So it's just like a lot of networking. Like at that time it was Facebook. There's a lot of like Facebook marketplace groups or like sneaker groups that were big at that time. So like I joined a few of those when I got to DC and like, was able to sell some sneakers which put me on with other people and then that kind of put me on somewhere else and like yo where do you get kicks from I'm like oh i go to major on you know in georgetown oh word okay let me go there meet some people there um i never got a plug from them i mean majority of the stuff like <laughs> never ended up you know working out um but it's just random it's all about like it's kind of about community and just getting involved like once you're really into it you you'll find ways to kind of make stuff happen and like you'll you'll learn new things you'll meet new people um, towards the end of college, it was like all about box. And like, I was realizing I'm not getting any of these kicks I want online. Like it's selling out. Like what's, how are people doing this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, retail stores are like, you know, we want to eat too. So sometimes like they'll take some extra money on top and, you know, maybe pass you some sneakers early or something. And, but the bot thing, honestly, that's what, that's what kind of put me on for, you know, majority 
uh, getting the sneakers and releases. It was like learning what that was. What is a bot? Why do people use it? How much is it? You know, is it worth it? Is it profitable? How do I do it? How do I get one? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized that was kind of like the future. I was like the evolution of the sneaker game per se. Mm-hmm. Like if you weren't for me, for what it felt like was like, I'm a dinosaur and I'm trying to still be in this game. And like, what can I do so that I don't die? Like the dinosaurs, like <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to do something to keep up. Mm-hmm. So that was it, man. So like, I remember, so I'm, I'm not a sneaker head by any means. You know what I'm saying? We went to school together. You see my shoes. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was out here, but it's like, so I'm about, I got a story, like, you know, just a little personal story. So I remember I had some, I got mm-hmm. a couple pairs of nice sneakers in my life. Like I had the, um, the Olympics, something. Yeah, no, they're not Jordans. They're something else. Okay. I can't remember what they, okay. they Nikes, but I think they're the, not Patrick Ewan's or something, but they, they stock. Like you can't get them nowhere yeah. no more. And they only yeah. made like, okay. they only made like three or 400 of them. And I got lucky. Okay. So I was just walking down the street. <laughs> And I walked into a, I walked into a, I think it wasn't major. It was just a random footlocker. I'm with my grandmother's house over Christmas break. And I had some money in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good. My student loan had, you know, first year, they gave you that little, that back. I was like, oh man, (laughs) oh man, I'm balling, man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no license because I was a scrub at the time. So I ain't buy a whip. I went out and bought a pair. You know, I'm buying Chinese food and shit. You know, stupid. So I'm buying chicken breast. Let me get full peas. Let me get full wings, french fries. You know, you want some? I got you. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So I'm in the gym with my grandmother. You know, she take us out to the little mall. Out Addison Mall. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to Addison Mall. Dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Dangerous. So I'm like, yo, we're going to be in and out of this joint. But everybody know Addison Mall is a DC mall, super famous. They got the best sugar cookies in the world or whatever. And then they got an athlete's foot. They got a foot locker and a foot action. So it's like three, it's a strip mall, but it got three giant shoe stores in there. So I'm just walking yeah. around. And I'm like, man, let me get some shoes. And I'm walking around. I'm like, man, it's about to be 4th of July. Let me go ahead and get some white sneakers, man. I was like, yo, these chains look kind of fire. So I'm like, hey, yo, then how much are these? He's like, oh, man, those like, it was like, what's your size? You know how it goes since it's all the way. Yeah. So you like, what's your size? I was like, man, I wear a 13 at the time. And he's just like, man, we got them Jones, bro. How much you got? I was like, what? <laughs> I got Well, I was like, the tag, it don't really got a tag. He's like, well, how much you got? I'm like, man, I got 120. <laughs> He's like, all right. I was like, oh, smooth. I'm like, okay. So I, oh, so I'm just, I just get, I put the shoes on because my shoes I had on was trash, garbage. Because I wear my shoes <laughs> into the ground. I don't take care of my, I didn't take care of my shoes at the time. So I read them yeah. was garbage. So I throw those in the trash. I'm walking around with these red, white, and blue shoes on, not thinking nothing of it. I go back to AU, you know, after Christmas break or whatever, and people stop me in Georgetown. Yo, what the, f- how, what size do you wear? I'm like, I wear 13. He's like, oh man, you know what you got on? I said, these some red, white, and blue Nikes. I don't know. He's like, man, those are Olympics. This many of them. I'm like, man, listen, they cool shoes. He's like, oh my God, bro, you crazy as hell. I will buy them off your feet. Then I got the the um glow in the dark, Son of Mars, Jordans. I had those. Yeah. And I yeah. got those randomly in Columbia Heights, like just random. Like, I, I think I paid like 79 bucks for them. And I remember I was walking around. People was like, yo, where did you get those? I'm like, I got those up the street. He's like, they got more. I was like, I don't know. They just some joys. I don't even like joys like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm on the total opposite end of the spectrum with you. So I guess I say all that to say this, like it sounded like you had a passion for this. How did you take that passion and have the wherewithal to avoid being a dinosaur to get into technology? Because I imagine you having bots has kind of led you into that new space of like, yo, I'm a collector plus a portfolio manager and I know that technology is the future. What got you involved in that game, like that new cryptocurrency blockchain game? How'd you get, how'd you bridge the gap there? Interestingly enough, similar kind of situation. Randomly, I would say maybe in the last like two years or so, 
Um, sneakers are, you know, they've been hitting. They're, they're still like a decent profit on it. But to be honest, like the sneaker game is kind of hard right now. It's a lot of bots. A lot of people are in it. Everyone has kind of realized that to me, it's like, oh, it's, it's mainstream. It's like all that stuff. Now. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's for the sneakers. So it's super hard to get sneakers, even for people with bots. Like as much as as much bots as I have and as much as I've been in this, you know, industry per se, whatever. Um, it's dumb hard to get kicked still. Like I, yeah. I strike out majority of the time with releases. Mm. So like I do not get majority of the sneakers. So like yeah. it's still hard to keep up. And I'm somebody who, you know, most people outside looking in would be like, Oh, you the you the man. Like you mm. get these kicks. And honestly, like, nah, I'm I'm not getting them. So <laughs> um I guess it apparently was a thing for everybody, not just me, but for everyone who was kind of flipping kicks and a lot of the bots and stuff we would use to get the sneakers. They adapt with the times too. Nobody wants to be a dinosaur. So like mm-hmm. instead of working on just sneakers, they expanded to working on retail sites. So I'm talking mm-hmm. like Target, Walmart, Best Buy, like random sites like that. Cause there's other items that flip, not just sneakers, obviously. Um, and so like how it works is like, you know, you basically um to round it out, you you pay to be in these groups of information people put you on. They say, yo, this is hot, this is selling right now. You got to be a part of it. You got to be in that group to really know. And then you use the bots to get the merchandise. So like right now, what's really been hot has been components of mining rigs for cryptocurrency. So like the last, I would say maybe the last like six months, four months, five months, like cryptocurrency has been blowing up, obviously. Um, There's a way to receive or be rewarded in cryptocurrency for running essentially a supercomputer and keeping it on the network of the cryptocurrency. That's like mine, essentially, being a part of a network. And you get rewarded for keeping your stuff on that network. Mm-hmm. And so there's parts of these mining rigs, and everyone is jumping in on cryptocurrency. So very similar to sneakers or anything that's hot, it sells out, you can't buy it. Go to the stores, not in any stores. It releases online, it sells out in two seconds. So these bots adapted and started going after things like these cryptocurrency parts. Um, and so I was just flipping those for a long time, and like, you know, I was like, all right, I like to take a step back always and just kind of look at the macro. Like what's the big picture here? Like mm-hmm. people are paying ridiculous prices for these kicks. Why? Oh, they're selling them in China. They're selling them somewhere else. They're, they're ultimately making money off of me. And it's crazy, but like, that's just how big the industry is and how big the market is. So similar with the crypto stuff, like, all right, people are buying these components and these parts of the crypto machines. Why? Oh, they're mining cryptocurrency. Oh, word. Well, let me get a little dabble in that. Let me, let me, I want to get some money from that. Like, you know, you just got to always be open to new opportunities and like whatever's hot, whatever's flipping. Like you gotta, I try my best to keep like, you know, my pulse on that kind of thing and just know what's, what's coming up and what's hot. Mm -hmm. So that was something that just recently, the last few months has been kind of blowing up. So Mm -hmm. of course I want to dive in. I want to, you know, I'm trying to see what's good. (laughs) (laughs) The, The pandemic didn't stop this hustle either, because I remember there was at some point, especially when it started to get cold, we were like, the numbers are going to creep up. Folks, you really need to be outside. So how are we going to be outside when it's getting super cold? And lo and behold, mm-hmm. I go on IG and my guy Ev is buying space heaters. Or, or no, 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 not even not space heaters. <laughs> <laughs> the joints that, that you said outside with the cor- the oil canisters. What, what, what are them joints Yeah, called? yeah. Um, like patio. I literally just sold one like three days ago. It was the last one I got. That's crazy. I sold Yo. that on the same day that I sold a pool. And I'm like, bro, it's... I don't understand. Like, is it hot or cold? Like, why are you buying heaters? It's about to be summer. And, and why are you buying you a pool? Pools? <laughs> Yo, bro, pools. I'm giving, like, this is too much game, but the pool market is ridiculous. Insane. Like, I'm talking, like, ridiculous. Like, the numbers on pools are ridiculous. I got friends in groups that have sold, you know, 100K worth of pools in maybe two months, three months. Like, 
ridiculous. And I'm out here selling graphics. I'm stupid as hell. Oh my god! <laughs> no, not even stupid as hell. I'm, se- I'm selling expertise. These man out here, man. Listen, I ain't do nothing. I went and I bought something and I'm selling it. What do you? But that's my work. Oh man, it was a long day. Woo on the computer. Oh man, found these new pools, man. You know, I know, man. Well, I know it's about the rebreathers, man. You know, because of the, the COVID, man. You know, we got these rebreathers, these new special air conditioned helmets. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, we got these new shades that don't fog up, man. You know what I'm saying? Because you know everybody wear the mask and everybody still went with shades yep. at the time. So you know they got these mm-hmm. new, they polarized. They don't do something with the molecular gastronomy. You're like, come on, man. I'm hustling backwards, bro. I'm hustling backwards, bro. But how do you identify what's on the market, what's coming? Like, are you just look at the seasons or something like that? Or is it just all of the groups that you're a part of? I mean, honestly, like a lot of it is all like, I'll call it macroeconomics. Um, it's just kind of like, like you said, the seasons, what's hot, like summertime's coming up. So, all right, bet what do people do in the summer? They go swimming. Mm-hmm. COVID was, you know, terrible and, you know, took away a lot of the public access to pools and stuff. Mm-hmm. So people still trying to swim somehow, some way. So like, they're going to put a, a crazy, ugly pool in their backyard and they kids going to hop in it and piss in it and go crazy. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's the thing. I can't, honestly, like a lot of this is like, I can't control this. People are just into it and I'm just like trying to keep up. So like, I'm in these groups. Prices on the groups are expensive. Like some of them literally like hundreds of dollars a month or like, you know, 500 a month to be put on in this group. That's called like, NF. You're you're paying for subscriptions. There's some communities where you subscribe to be a part of the community to get some insights to support your personal business. Oh, dog, that's like ninety percent of what I'm doing, right? Like, I literally, I'm I'm paying to be put on. Like, it's not just I got some crazy insight into whatever. Like, you know, a lot of these groups, you pay money, and the person will put you on and say, like, "Yo, this is the hot items coming up. Buy this," or like, "Be on the lookout for this," or hit up your target and get this. Like. I mean, again, going back to the game thing, like, though, it's it's literally like an industry in itself. It's like the dark web. Like, this is like, it's, there's so much money. Out, all I want to say is there's so much money out there and like so many different ways to make money. Like, do not ever think that there's just one way or like one way to go about it. There's like, I've just seen ridiculous things. But yeah, to, to sum it up, hell yeah, I pay to be in these groups. And there's like, one of the groups is main group. Like, I pay like 250 to be in one group a month. And, um, she, you know, the, there's a woman that runs it, Asian woman. She puts everybody on. There's literally monitors for websites like Target, Walmart, Best Buy. Anytime a product is put up on their website, I will get a ding on my phone. Tell me what the product is. And she'll filter it for me. So like, and say, okay, she's only going to do it for profitable items. So like, mm-hmm. I don't get an alert when it's profitable. But when it is, I'm going on there trying to buy that. And like, I have no idea what it is. Like, I mean, I, I see what it is, but like, I'm not buying it because I have any insight. I'm just trusting her insight into it. Mm. She's literally flipping the info. Like she's just the source. She's the she the plug. Know, like she the plug. Yeah. <laughs> plugs I met. Plugs I met. <laughs> plugs I met. No facts. Like bro, it seems like there's sort of there's levels here. I'm gonna just say it like that. Like yeah. it seems like you're you're at a certain level within this ecosystem that exists mm-hmm. in like in this flipping market. So like. I don't know if you could say this or not, but like, if you were to say that the person hosting this group, like how lucrative is that? Oh, like I'm talking like literally, like we were saying, okay, let's, if we're going to put numbers behind it, let's say she's clearing like a million to a month or something like that. On oh, people subscribing. She, on people subscribing to be in her group. So she has 6,000 people that are paying this 250 a month to be in the group. So y'all can do the math. It's ridiculous. It's over a million dollars. Tracks. Um, and so like, her her expenses in the group like i hate counting people's pockets but honestly like she's probably paying maybe a couple hundred k a month like maybe 
300k a month 400 i don't know like the hosting fees and like she, she's you know she's got a whole operation so i'm sure she's paying people as like employees and like to help with the monitors and everything else but like she's clearing a lot of money a month like just off of like literally information and subscription and everyone in the group is only subscribed because it's profitable to them so like I'm only in the group because I'm able to to clear more than that 250 of my monthly subscription yeah. based on the information she's providing. So like if you look at it in terms of the the economic system that she has with the money she's getting paid in, but also the amount of money she's giving everybody else just to put them on game. Like I'm just one person out of this 6,000 people and like I'm doing this right now for my living. And so if she's putting on 6,000 people to do the same thing, I'm not saying everyone is in it full time, but like there's a lot of money. That's that's a huge ecosystem. How would you get into the other side of that? Do you have any insight on that? And are you interested in being on the, being on that side? Oh, of the oh yeah, program? oh for sure, for sure. I'm trying to put my hands in that immediately. <laughs> like I'm, I am like just I don't know. People hit me up all the time. Like yo, put me on. How do I do this? And I'm like, it's hard to get into because it is kind of capital intensive at first in the beginning. Like you got to come up with you know two fifty to pay this chick a month, and then you got to buy bots, and then you got to have cash to buy the actual item. Mm-hmm. You got to pay for proxies and servers and like all this other stuff. So like. I get that part. It is hard to kind of get into, but I don't know. It's crazy. It's nuts. Like there's, I've, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a whole ecosystem in there and there's different ways to make money in the ecosystem. There's people who will like, you can pay to just run bots for you. And like, you know, you'll give them your information. Like you trust them to give them your credit cards. And, like they'll run your cards for you on their bots. And then you pay them a fee for that. And then there's like, you know, the, the bots itself is also stupid expensive. Like prices on those are crazy. There's bots that go for ten thousand dollars, five thousand. And and what and what's the warranty on this bot? Like is this, is this operate for oh, two years? Like, how, how there does is, work? There's none. You can get burned. There's been plenty of exit scams. Like that's the whole thing in this whole industry. It's like people coming in, hyping up a bot, getting like thousands of people to buy their bot for three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars. It works for like a month and then they just dip because they got the bread. So like if you're a bot owner at that point, it's like, all right, I got your bread. Like, I'm going to make this shit work for a little bit. But I could also just slide off with this bread. And that does happen sometimes. That's crazy. So real quick, Ed, for folks, when you say bots, high level, what are bots? Automated systems that you can use to get items on websites. So, like, you know, you go to if you're a regular person and you just go to Walmart, you want to buy an item, you got to type in, you know, your credit card info, your name, your address click the item, click add to cart, all that. I mean, we're talking literally like milliseconds, but those are crucial when you're trying to buy something that sells out in milliseconds. So the bot will automate that whole process. You feed all that info into the bot, you hit start. The bot is like pinging the website every millisecond until whatever drops. The drop happens. Um, the bot gets through the site, adds cart, email, fills out all your information for you, processes the payment, like just literally like bombards the website, like like Think of like an AK-47 and the body just like, you know, <laughs> letting it, letting it ring. <laughs> just it's, wet, uh, it's, it's spraying, it's putting it like a new coat of paint on the side of the house. It's crazy. Spraying the house. Literally spraying the whole house, like way faster than any human or anyone else can do it. Um, and like, obviously there's ways that websites try to like prevent that and like capture, are you a robot? All that kind of stuff. But like mm-hmm. the bots eat that shit up too. I'm about to so say like, the, the good bots. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a good one. Good boss, like, oh yeah, I'm not a human. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Thanks. They laugh at that. And I'm in like, I don't know, we're going on a tangent about the bots now, but like the, we're just talking about different like ecosystems of commerce and money, right? So we talked about the groups, bots, 
to get into bots, like, all right, let's say I'm a bot developer. I might come out with like 300 licenses or copies of my bot. Mm -hmm. I'll sell them to the public for 200 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever. People will buy them up. I'm going to say like, all right, I'm not going to release any more copies of the bot. So what happens? The bot resells. So like, just like anything else, the bot now resells. So someone who copped a a copy (laughs) or license of the bot cannot resell it. And so like one of the bots I mentioned that was going for like 10,000 at one point, it originally released for 250. This kid in high school made it. And now, you know, the 250 that someone paid for it, they're flipping the bot for $10,000. Like that is the ecosystem in itself. People just buy these bots, sit on them, wait for them to get hot and then flip them. Like that is a whole nother, it's just, it's crazy, bro. Like it's, there's, I don't know, it's a lot, it's a lot out there. So in the flipping ecosystem, it's flipping itself. It's like everybody get pimped out. Like it, 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 it don't yes. matter. It don't discriminate. <laughs> no, no. And that, I mean, it's just that there's that much money out there to just like, you know, for people to get into this. Like, so for me, that's why I was really like, all right, I'm going to tap into this. Cause like, I see, I'm in these groups. I see other people doing it. I can see the proof is there and like, you know, stuff's legit. And it's like, all right, like, let me find a way in this. Like, how do I make this work for me? And I honestly think that, like, everybody should be kind of thinking in similar terms. Like, we talked about COVID. COVID hit hard for a lot of people. And, like, it's obviously still hit for me. But, like, I think the ability to have something on the side that you can do or, like, to be able to get into a field, like, that's super crucial for, you know, for life, really. Um, So you just got to be, I don't know, open to random new shit. It'll sound crazy. It usually is. Like, it might not work out. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't. Um, But I don't know. People got to be, you know, free and open to get into whatever that Pat takes them into. When you embarked on this, what did you, what was your family's reaction? Like, how did they take that you were going to start like reselling items and things like that? Like that's a, so that's such an untraditional unproven pathway to success that you've obviously experienced. But like, how did that, how was that, how are those initial conversations? It, it depends. It was, it's definitely not easy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I was kind of doing the sneaker thing, like they were into that cause they knew I was in the sneakers. So like, they thought that was cool. Uh, when I had a full-time job and was doing it, it was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, when I left my full-time job to do it, it was like, oh, nah, that's that's not that cool. <laughs> you would have to think that one back. Like, mm. bro, what are you doing? And, like, I understand it. And, like, since then, they've kind of, like, you know, seen the light, per se, or, like, been more open to hearing my side of it and, like, what I do. And stuff's on the, me- on the internet now and, like, in social media, and they see articles about, people selling sneakers and they like will send me links now like, yo did you see this and i'm like yeah this is the stuff i was trying to tell you about like you know way back when but mm-hmm. i don't know it's, it's hard it's tough you lose a lot of that like stability like mm-hmm. you know going from full-time to entrepreneur and full-time entrepreneur like health insurance you know mm-hmm. random shit like that like it's tough i miss having like a stable paycheck for sure you don't you, you don't ever think about like going to work at white castle or, like target just to get that good old-fashioned you know health insurance <laughs> Yeah, nah. <laughs> like, man, I know if I, I know I could at least pull like two hours at the library and I get me right. three months, get that good old fashioned air insurance. I'm out of there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So no, and there's and there's and there's in all seasons people that do 100 percent Like people that I know that are in the box community that are like, I'm working a regular job just to, you know, get the health insurance and like I'm making way more on this other stuff than I'm doing at my job, but like this provides me with, you know, stable paycheck or you know, health insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's definitely that's an option. 
Yeah, now I got more money for all that. Oh, my paycheck money, my real money, like my money I get from working my regular job, cocaine, you know what I'm saying? Heroin, you know what I'm saying? K2. That's what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Spice. That's what I'm doing with that. Yeah, and I got the health kit, so something happened. I'm straight. Like I ain't got worried. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got all the little shots. What's they called? The little I can You know what I'm saying? I got the narcan yeah. one deck. So you know what I'm saying? It's fine. It's fine, you know. I actually work at a clinic. Uh so it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just different, man. That's crazy. Like yeah. your trajectory is so different. Did you imagine you'd be here when you first started, or was it just something you was doing just purely out of love and passion? Nah, I mean it was definitely for sure love and passion to start. I didn't even know that like sneakers were flipped in it. Like by the time I found out, I probably had already sold too many sneakers at you know for ridiculous prices because I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I kind of like growed and see what's good, I was kind of like, all right, this is a market. People are making money doing it. Let me figure out how I can do it. I definitely didn't think I'd be selling some damn pools or patio heaters or any of that shit. Like, <laughs> you could ask me that a year ago or two years ago. I would never said that. Um, but, you know, I just try to be like, you know, at the pulse of whatever's hot and like I'm tapped in. So like when I'm in these groups, it'll be something random reselling. There's been like random items, um, like U.S. mint coins, like literally like a silver yeah. dollar type thing. Mm-hmm. Crazy market for those, like. Some have dropped before, ever like maybe fifty bucks, seventy bucks, reselling for like six hundred, a thousand. Like you hold them for a year, like oh, 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 you mean them coins that they show on like the History Channel and Comedy Central, like two o'clock in the morning, in between the little hot phone sex hotline joints. But like this is the new America coin. It sells for retail of thirty nine ninety nine, but you get it for this call. For, if you call right now, you get it for nineteen ninety nine. You mean those coins really be selling for like six hundred, three hundred dollars when they really run out? Absolutely absolutely like they limit them it's it's honestly anything that's limited like i don't i mean i don't want to make a blanket statement but like damn near anything that's limited will resell mm-hmm. so like those coins they got ones that only release like you know three thousand of these coins and there's people that like really do this coin shit, like real collectors of these coins mm-hmm. and like they spend their bread on these coins and like you know that's cool that's definitely not my forte that's not what i'm into <laughs> but like, i am into you know maybe making some coins off the coin so mm-hmm. i'm gonna try to you know uh, I'll flip that. <laughs> Listen, man, you got that trapper keeper filled with, with quarters. That's cool, bro. I'm about to go over here in my house. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to chill out with my real thing that exists. You know what I'm saying? Well, go ahead with your little coins, bro. I get it. Oh, you sell Pokemon cards? You collect Pokemon cards? That's cool. Those are things like I sent. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, the world is such a different place. It, no, the world is, is crazy, bro. It's strange. It's real strange. And like, <laughs> honestly, it's weird. It's real weird. It's a lot of like different avenues. Like, Pokemon stuff you just brought up, bro. Pokemon was ridiculous the last like year. Like, I got Pokemon buyers that come to me and like want to spend like fifteen thousand dollars each time they come to me. Like, yo, what can I buy? Put me on. Like, what what can I do? I'll buy this from you. Like, Pokemon stuff is crazy. I, it's all ridiculous. Like, none of this is gonna make sense. Don't listen to this and think that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I played myself. I had Pokemon cards. I threw them shit in the trash. I played myself. I had like the little holographic yes. Jones. I remember we used to play yeah. flips. Y'all ever played flips when y'all was little? Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't know. Flips. So flips, you got you, you got your deck, you got the other person deck, and you, you know you want to flip the car. So the person put out a car, like y'all got a car in the middle, and you got to flip your car. And if you land face up, um, that means you get the car. And the person land, oh. if you match, you got to keep flipping until one of y'all hit the back. And whoever hit the back <laughs> of the car that's not face up, they lose. So you used to play flips, and you used to it used to be a technique that you had to get with your wrist, so you could yeah. always get the car to flip and fall face forward because that's how you win. Man, I mean, it used oh, to be a lot what? of little hustles. Maybe it's just, I don't know, but Damn. like we had all yeah. types of games like that. You know what I'm saying? The flips, the little, all that, man. I used to do, I remember those things, man. Those days was good. 
The real cheap yeah. though, the real cheap was though, if you had like a car that was a little bit flimsy, you put a bend in a joint, so it flip and it catch the air, so it go and it fall over, man. You got no hustles, bro. It was a you had cheat codes on the flip game, bro. <laughs> man. Listen, bro, it's just like when you play spoon fight and you had to know how to get your spoon, you know, heated up a little bit. So oh, it oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. it don't break. Yeah. You keep hitting it, it ain't going down. I don't know, yeah. man. It's just not popping. It's like, yeah, <laughs> spoon hat. It ain't going crap. <laughs> and your spoon cold. You stupid. You should have. You should have thought with your brain instead of with your spiral. So yeah, man. So have you you talk a little bit about scarcity? That's that because that's what I'm hearing about. It's like you know whatever mm-hmm. has the opportunity to be scarce and it's super popular. That's something you probably likely to get into. So I got I got a couple quick hits for you. What's because yeah. you said when you when you said you got started with the shoes, you you may have sold some shoes to some underwhelming prices because you didn't really know that the market was there. So is there a mm-hmm. pair of shoes you remember selling that you're like, damn, I wish I knew when to sell them when I did because if I would have held on to it for a year, I would have got that bread. Bro, there's honestly like too many. Like majority of the shoes are like, <laughs> like <laughs> for me, like there's way more opportunities where that happened where like I undersold than where I oversold. Like, mm-hmm. and whenever I'm just feeling like, all right, let me do some self harm, I go check the prices and I'm like, all right, <laughs> like what happened here? Like, what could I have got? Like, I already sold them a year ago, but let me just look right now and see what they're going for. Like, it's painful. Like, you should not be doing that. I would not recommend that for anybody to do. Like, I mean, that that is honestly like a lesson that I've learned too, is that like, you're never going to catch it at the perfect point. Like, you never, mm-hmm. even for investments, for crypto, for anything, like, you got people that'll be like, damn, I should have sold here or I should have kept it there. Like, I just realized you're never going to be at that, you know, that peak, that peak top. Like that's just something you got to swallow is being an investor or being into anything. Like you're probably not going to catch it at the top. And mm-hmm. how I look at it is like, by the time that I hear about something, even if it's pools or something random, like it's probably already on the decline. Like it's probably mm-hmm. already going away. And so, you know, you just kind of got to pick your battles. Like what's worth getting into? What should you flip at that point? Give me one pair. What was the latest pair that you sold? And you was just like, in that self-harm moment, you was like, damn, I was uh-huh. a G on that. <laughs> um damn bro uh i don't even like thinking like this man you're gonna get me sad bro <laughs> i can't even call it really for for kicks recently um like i said i really try hard not to do that because it, it's painful <laughs> it hurts but i've been on the other side too where like i've i've bought pairs for resale because i'm like all right you're gonna go up for sure like the last mm-hmm. the last drop of them went up so like i'm gonna buy them so like union fours i just bought a pair of maybe like I don't know, the weekend that they dropped, Union mm-hmm. Fours, like Union's a store out in Cali, they do collabs with Nike. They released these fours, uh, Jordan Fours, and they were fire. You know, they resale prices were high. I think I paid like maybe in total after tax and everything, like eight fifty or something for them. Mm-hmm. And I literally sold them last weekend for maybe six fifty or seven hundred. Uh, and that's me holding it for a year. So that money's tied up in that kick for a year. So I'm already like invested in it in that sense. And then I flipped it for less than I paid. So like that's the hell. And I don't like taking those, but they happen. I mean, is, is there any category that you you try to stay out of? Right, like you're just like, yeah, I don't really mess with electronics, or I don't really mess with these particular things, or is it kind of whatever it is? I'm with it as long as it's popular, and there's some scarcity. Uh, no, nah, I mean, so there was like the 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 dark side of all this stuff is like during Corona. Um, I mean, we're still in it now, but like. There was obviously like a market there that was an easy low hanger fruit for a couple of people to like get into, like exploiting like the PPE equipment. Um, mm. Like you have access to these sites like Walmart, like mass, like literally like, <laughs> I mean, and there's like, you, you can look up, there's news articles about people who like had garages full of that kind of shit and they got in trouble for flipping it. So like I stay with that shit was just for me morally of like, oh, I can't mm. do that. Like 
Mm -hmm. I have access to it, but I'm not going to do it just because I'm not that person. I don't want to be involved in that. And to be honest, people already hate the reselling stuff enough as it is. So like, I don't need an extra target on my back. So, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as like morality wise, that was something I didn't, I didn't get into just because that was an ugly world to get into. Um, (laughs) But like, just in terms of like fun stuff that I feel like I've missed the boat on that is already too late. I'll be honest, this NBA Top Shot stuff, like, I don't know if you guys are, are hip to it, yeah. but the NFTs and Top Shot, like, Top Shot is taking off. And, like, I've got people, like, I, I keep going back to this point about community and groups and everything like that. Super important. I'm in these groups where people were in Top Shot, like, months ago, like, when it first dropped. Um, they used to release these cards. If, for people that don't know, it's like a digital sports card. It's like an NBA card. Instead of having it in a pack being a physical item, it's digital and it's NFT. So it runs on like the blockchain and crypto, yada, yada, yada. But so like they would release these packs and you have to be on the website at five o'clock. And, you know, you could just go to the website and check out. It's real easy to do. So obviously people made bots for them. And like, it's so easy to do that. Like <laughs> it got exploited. Like it was, it was a weak security system there. So there's people that were buying the sites and like were easily getting, you know, hundreds of cards or hundreds of packs. Um, now, since then, they've added like a queue to the website where like they only let a certain amount of people in. You have to have a certain number, like all the security stuff that ends up happening. Long story short, I know people that were in there before that and that have literally made like 70K, 80K in profit just on the top shot stuff. And, you know, I'm in these groups, so they talk, you know, almost daily to these people. And, like they kind of get things, you know, let me know what's good. And all of them are saying like, yo, get in on this, get in on that, get in on that. And I was like, nah, man, I'm doing all right with these pools. I still got to flip a bunch of these pools in my garage. I'm about to move. Like, I'm trying to get a new house. Like, I don't want to move these. Like, I was like, oh, I can't get into it. Like, chill, chill, chill. Um, and meanwhile, these dudes are eating. They made a bunch of bread. And, like, now, you know, I got my friends who are not in these groups who are just, you know, into regular shit. And they'll say, like, yo, are you doing Top Shot? Are you doing Top Shot? Are you into that? And, like, for me, I feel like I missed the boat on it. And maybe it's just out of pride or, like, whatever. But... I feel like it's too late for me to get into it because um, mm. I just saw what it was like before. It's like if you're an early mm-hmm. adapter into any field, you're the first one to get put on. Like the profits are crazy. Mm-hmm. But once everybody catches on, everyone's hip, like the profits are a little slimmer. And I'm sure there's still people that are, and I know people that are still making money off of it. But for me, I'm just kind of like staying away from it. I think it's too late for me personally. See, man, that mentality right there, folks, is what you need for real, though, to have that understanding and that ability to avoid FOMO. Because a lot of people had that fear of missing out and it causes them to react emotionally as opposed to re- to react mentally, you know, respond mentally. And I just want to mm-hmm. applaud that. Like that was super, that's super, that true business mind of yours, I feel like is a thing that's really facilitated a lot of your success because you had the ability to not only identify weaknesses in the market and then exploit them, but also to understand what's coming and adapt before the wave comes so that you have a raft to keep you mm-hmm. afloat when a storm eventually hits you. That, that's super fire. You know what I'm saying? Like you hear all these different stories of people that get into spaces and then they just don't really understand the temperature and the weather in the room. And then they end up misreading the room and now they're in financial ruin and they're like, yo, don't get into it. It's a bubble. It's like, Evan Big Ev is a proven example of, man, some bubbles are made of plastic, bro. You can't pop the joint. (laughs) You can't pop the joint, man. It's super inflatable out here, man. We got polymers on this joint, man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Your man came he came up selling nihilators and went now your man selling chlorine and pools, bro. You gotta know how to flip, man. You gotta know how to flip. You gotta know how to flip, man. Who they want? Flip. Flip. Right. But it ain't no game over, man. It ain't no game over, man. You gotta keep winning, man. Yeah, oh, just keep stacking them coins up, bro. 
That's crazy. Facts. Like Chain said, two chains are saying uh, it's got to be in your not on your like a chromosome. I heard that. I was like, oh, bet. <laughs> that's got to be my new tagline. <laughs> it's got to be in your not on your like a chromosome. That's fire. <laughs> that's fire. Man, two chains always good for them quotables, man. Two chains. Oh, my goodness. That was fire. So, Ev, like you said, there, there's some risks. There's some reward in this. And, I, and I'd be remiss not to mention this. You know, when you talk about leaps of faith, they, they affect you, but they also affect the people around you. Right. And, and you happen to be, you know, a person that's had somebody on your side kind of through this journey right, to, to, to make it all make sense. How do you sort of let her know that, like, you know, baby's going to be OK when, <laughs> when the work that you do is so volatile? How, how does that work? Yeah. Because we got some folks who are trying to do the same thing, but also trying to, you know, keep their relationship right. So how does that balance, especially when, you know, finances are the number one thing that shakes people up? A hundred percent, bro. Shout out to wifey, because, like, honestly, gone through some storms and like financially and like i don't know I, I, you could look at it like all right i'm a dude i'm in banking i met her i was a banker whatever per se so you know pretty stable you know essentially life that's coming out of that right and then i was just like no like <laughs> i can't do this like i'm not working these you know 90 hour weeks no more 100 hour weeks like for this pay which was good at the time but like mentally for me and just for who I am like it was just not the right spot for me and you know for me it was like I'm going home from working these long days and I'm getting on the computer and I'm looking up these bots I'm looking up sneakers and so like I refuse for whatever reason like I just like yo I'm not gonna give this banking thing my whole entire day so even if it's just two hours I'm gonna take that for me and do something that I want to do mm-hmm. and eventually it was like yo this is I don't need, you know I'm putting myself through even more going through this than I should just be doing so let me just do my own thing see what happens. And, you know, I went out and told my family, told my girl, and the reaction was not good. <laughs> it was, you know, honestly, like not, obviously, like you're leaving some stability to go do something on your own that you don't have really figured out. You're not making the same money you were making before. Like it's a huge, a huge commitment. And so you got to adapt and you kind of got to have like a plan set and faith. You got to have faith in your partner and you and in your career and your family and in God and then everything else. And so, I mean, luckily, like, I had this crazy support system. Um, you know, my girl was riding with me throughout that. Um, and we definitely had some bumps, you know, financially. And, you know, it's funny. Everybody comes to me and says, like, oh, you're a big sneakerhead. You got a bunch of sneakers. Bro, that first year I was on my own, I sold majority of all my sneakers. Like, them things went down mm-hmm. the drain. And so we talk about, you know, selling for under whatever the market price was. It was like, you know, I love these items and I'm real passionate about them. But... I also need to live and survive. So like you shouldn't be attached to any one item where like you can't give it up if you need to. And in those times I needed to. So like I sold the majority of my sneaker collection and like, you know, I got, I'm not, I don't feel any type of way about it now. You just, it's kind of like a maturity thing. You've got to get to that point where it's like, all right, like I love these items, but I also like to live and I'm like my relationship. And, you know, in order to flourish, like something's got to go and I don't want it to be her. So it's going to be my kicks for now. And like, <laughs> That's a compromise. It's all about compromise. So I say all that to say, just you got to have a crazy support system. Um, you know, give credit where it's due. Shout out to my wife. Shout out to Chelsea. That's fire. That's fire. Because like you can always buy another pair of sneakers, but you ain't trying to get another wife. <laughs> like that's a, right. No, that's exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're talking about material items, bro. Like, come on. Like, that can go. <laughs> kicks I wear out and I'll get dirty like they it's gone you know all right but you know it, it 
I was telling uh, Chris and I was telling some friends this, you know, specifically is like when you have trials and tribulations, like time usually heals all. Right. So when you just starting off and you tell the family, you tell the boo, like, hey, I'm about to leave this space in finance to, to, to do my thing. You know, they were like, nah. But then what is it? What, six years, seven years, something like that, five years later? And now yeah. we're talking about the Tesla and the pandemic. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about buying a new crib. We're talking about, you know, really setting that financial foundation for yourself. Like, so it took a minute to get here, but you're here. You had, you had a solid place. Yeah, 100%. Like, took a huge, and it's still taking time. And, like, I don't even feel like I'm anywhere. I feel like this is, like, all right, like, cool. This is all right. I got a car. I got a house. Like, sure, that's all right. But, like, what I want is nowhere near what I got right now. And mm. you, and as an entrepreneur and as anyone, like, just driving through the world, it's like, oh, I, I got to you gotta always have goals. You got to always, like, have goals that are way out where, like, once you get to one, it's all right, cool. One's cool, but now I need two. I need three. So, I don't know. You just a lot of people do have that mindset, and I like I love hearing stories about it. But like, you just definitely got to stay focused on your craft and like double down and bet on you. Because at the end of the day, that's who you got. And for me, it just it wasn't working in the finance industry to just kind of give up that side of me because um, I love that side too much. Man, focus, 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 achievement, <laughs> achievement, achievement, <laughs> maintain, maintain maintain i'm trying to be like dr umar johnson he say everything in threes you know what i'm saying like those 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 are the three words that i feel like are very a paramount to your story bro like that focus that achievement and that maintain the ability to maintain like you got to be able to do those things if you ever want to be successful in anything especially that last piece you got to set your goals out there like that's the i feel like I, we do little bumps and stuff for the show. And I feel like that's going to be the bump we're going to use for this thing. Like, I like that a lot. That was very poignant the way you said it. You got to set your goals so far out there. So when you reach it, it's going to be like, yo, I achieved this thing, but that don't mean stop. Now you got to redouble up on that and keep on manifesting and manifesting and manifesting until you, you know, you're going to land where you want to be eventually. You know, that's tight. That's dope. Yeah, but you got to keep going and you got to start. I mean, a lot of this stuff, like, Especially for me, obviously leaving a career is like I'm on the sideline. Like, do I want to jump into this? Do I want to do this new entrepreneurship thing? Like, even with investments, crypto, like literally almost anything, I will say it's better to be in the game than to be on the sidelines for. It. Like, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta jump in. You might take an L. I've taken plenty of L's and lost plenty of money and like made bad decisions. You know that I learned from, but I'd rather be the one making those decisions and being in the game than just on the sideline wondering like, what could this life be? What could, what could I do here? What could I do there? Like. Mm-hmm. You gotta jump in. It's fire. Yeah. I say, Ev, you got you got Chris Shook here. You got you got him repeating words three times, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't know whatever host you just said. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, man. That's I Dr. Like Umar be, I, I feel like he'd be Umar. trying to find his next statement, his next question. That's what he'd be trying to find when he's repeating <laughs> <laughs> repeating it three or four times. I might have to use that when I'm trying to figure myself out. Now nah, you gotta throw the hat. Throw the hat on Chris right now. Let me let me see the Umar hat. <laughs> the Kufi. <laughs> The black man, that's the sign of black intelligence. You see a black man with a beard and a kufi, you know he got something to say. 100,000%. Well, it's two, it's one of two things. He got something to say or you need to stay far away from that individual. That's one of the two things. Like if that person wearing a kufi and they got a beard and they wearing all black, especially black Air Forces, bro, you need to cross the street and catch the bus, catch an Uber, get away, far away from that person because there's some business that's about to take place that you don't want no pasta, bro. So go ahead, run away. You know what I'm saying? Not every road is meant to be took. Not every meal is meant to be took. Some of them you got dodge, you got hazard, you know, you got shift, you know, you got to move out the way, man. You got to move out the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. So, you know, I don't think we, we ain't trying to hold you, you know, we ain't trying to hold all your time, man. We had, you know what I'm saying? You gave us a bunch of gems. 
a lot of information, especially for all the listeners, especially me, you know what I'm saying? There's that inspiration. And it's, you know, I'm not afraid to say that, you know what I'm saying? I get inspiration from peers and people I know, you know what I'm saying? That's dope. Like, you know, it's good to have those type of people around you, man. You got to remember to surround yourself with foxes and lions, man. And if you're definitely a, a young lion out here, bro, like you doing your thing. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate uh, that. I, I definitely appreciate that, bro. It means a lot. And I'm the same way. Like, I feel like there's no one that should be above, like, receiving that kind of information. I'm giving that information out. Like, I'm inspired by literally everything, like literally, I mean, inanimate objects, like design, <laughs> but also like people and rappers. And like, you know, I attribute a lot of like that spark of like, all right, let me just try to make something happen to like, honestly, listen to a lot of music, like rappers and stuff. Like a lot of people I listen to, Larry June, Currency, Hove, like all those people I'm always like got in my ear and, you know, just kind of like keep pushing you to keep going. And you need that because you're not always going to get it from your environment that you're in. So like tap into that, listen to that stuff. But I'm inspired by y'all too to do this uh, for sure. Appreciate you guys having me on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, anything I could ever help with, like please, you know, hit me, let me know. I definitely want to like come up with some medium to kind of like share this info because obviously a lot of people don't know, and I still don't know it all either. But like, I do want to help, you know, put people onto that and at least show them a way to do something that they could get into or they might be interested in. And who knows where it'll take them? Like, they could find some other shit off of this, but. I would love to be in that position to kind of like help people navigate that. Hey, Chris, I think this is a plug for Moodify, bro. Because yeah. we're we going to have to figure out what those steps looks like. Because if I'm trying to get into this game and trying to make this lifestyle for myself, but I don't have a vision, but I'm here to work for mm-hmm. it. If you could paint that picture and outline what those steps looks like, that's what Moodify is for, right? And then that community accountability helps us get to it. So if I've been trying to push you to do some nonprofit programming, because one of the conversations yeah. we had, we won't really jump into it too much, is about who actually gets into the sneaker game, who gets into it early in the, in the bots and the resale space. And, and, it's, and it's really difficult to get into getting into something learned. And even though there may not be a curriculum per se for it, there's something that can't be done. So I'm excited to work with you on that. So let's collaborate offline on that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk. I got a bunch of ideas on that and even more since the last time we talked and I haven't really implemented them. So I'm, I'm with it. I'm ready. Yeah, man, you know, and when you guys need that branding for said thing, you know what I'm saying? You can always hit Stiffworks. The A1, top tier business that you can contact, you know, it's right at your fingertips on your cell phone, telephone, you know what I'm saying? On, on your email, you know what I'm saying? Your computer, your desktop, if you're still using one of those things. What are you, 30 plus? Um, you know what I'm saying? You can hit Stiffworks, S-T-I-T-H-W-O-R-K-S.com for your work and we'll get you out the way like Domino's Pizza in the 90s. What's that? <laughs> 30 minutes, you know what I'm saying? 30 minutes or less. We getting you out the way, bro. And, you know, um, just want to give another shout out to our special guest, Big Ed, for coming on the show and blessing us with all this financial freedom game, you know what I'm saying? Doing your thing entrepreneurially and betting on yourself, man. And don't be afraid to go big on yourself. You know what I'm saying? You want to move beyond hood and evil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate right, you, man. baby. All right, man. Peace. Appreciate you. All right, I'll be safe. Peace. Take it easy, man.